interesting too that you know you had friends that saw this with you on that night especially when it was shaking this tree and it certainly wasn't there to hurt you or your friends because i think that probably would have happened if had that been the case um and then it walked off slowly there wasn't a fast scamper out i'm kind of curious though when you did get a get to you know a pretty good look at it head to toe and i don't expect you to actually maybe recall this but did you, did you get a look at the feet? I mean, do you remember anything specifically about the feet? Yeah, I, I, his feet were covered in the same fur that was over his whole body. Um, so I did. I, I saw his feet. I saw the fur on his feet, to be more specific. Um, every time when he was walking across the gravel road, with the way he walked, if you've ever seen the Patterson-Gimlin film, it was the same walk, the same arm swing. Um, so when he lifted his feet, he lifts them in a funny way that humans don't do. Um, you could see the fur on his feet. Um, and it was always kind of funny to me that he didn't look like he had big feet. I mean, his feet just looked normal for him. Um, but what really impressed me, and and, and like I said, I'll, I'll say it a hundred times, how big his shoulders and his back and his arms were. Um, he had a V-shaped torso into a small waist. But even more impressive than all of that were the size of his thighs. And when I saw him walk across the gravel road, I mean, I could see him shaking the tree from his right side. And, and what really impressed me was just how white he was, the white hair, um, the way he was holding on to the tree. Um, but what impressed me when he turned around and walked across the, the road was how big his thighs were from front to back, because I could see him from his left side now. And, and I didn't have a tape measure, but I guarantee you if I'd have ran up to him and measured his thigh, they would have been bigger than my waist. And, and I've got a 31-inch waist. But the, his thighs looked to be, I mean, even more massive than his shoulders and his arms did. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they have to be huge based on, you know, what people are pulling out, I guess, of the woods in terms of tracks, obviously. And, and yeah, <laughs> When you get that kind of exercise, I mean, yeah, you're you're going to get big, but uh, you know, obviously, the genetics and the DNA that that are in these creatures systems are are producing some size sizely animals, uh, no question about it. Well, that's fantastic. So, do you keep in touch with any of these friends that that uh, you had this encounter with? Um, I keep in touch with basically, um, and I'm not sure you could even call it in touch. I've talked to once or twice one of my friends um, that would always ride motorcycles with me in the in the woods that we the part of the woods that we would go in. Um, but he was the only friend out of the group of friends that was not there that night, so he didn't see it. Um, but there was probably there was me, Mike, David, Keith. And I think there was maybe one new guy there that night. So there was four of us, um, maybe, maybe, let's see, me, Mike, David, there was four of us. Uh, there may have been one other guy uh, that I don't remember his name because he was new to the neighborhood, but I think he left early. So I'm not going to say with any confidence that he was there when this happened. Uh, but the four of us that saw it know um, it's strange that we have not kept in touch. Uh, my mom is a real estate agent. Um, I've recently, probably within the last six months to a year, asked her to see who is living in that house uh, uh, where Mike used to live. And actually, his parents owned it at that time. And actually, Mike still lives there. He owns the house now. Oh, wow. Um, so I could go back there and introduce myself, tell him who I am, and see if he wanted to talk to it. But I just – I haven't – 
I don't know. I, I respect other people's privacy. Sure. Um, and I, I would feel kind of strange if someone I haven't seen in 30 or 40 years knocked on my door and said, hey, you remember this? I'd be, yeah, but what are you doing here, you know? It's just, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I could do it, and, and I'm not saying I won't. Um, but I, I would much, I'd, I would much rather just meet him out at a bar or pub somewhere and get to talking to him that way. Um, like I said, he never mentioned it again while he lived there, and he's been there the whole time the past 40 years. Um, but while I was there for the next 10 years after this happened, he never mentioned it again. I think it just scared all of us so bad we didn't know what to do with it. And at this point, even if you tell your parents what you saw, what are they going to say? You know, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's nice, and I'll go to bed, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, you know, even with the little encounter that I that I had, too, I, I didn't talk about it. I mean, you know, I just wrote it off as, wow, I you know, I'm hearing things. And I got to thinking about it, and I did the same thing as you, even though I didn't have an actual eye visual, but I replayed it in my head over and over and over again because it was so out of the ordinary. And, uh, you know, it takes guts to be able to come out and talk about these things. And I hope today it kind of helps you a little bit because I love hearing your story. I, I I was just like I'm watching a movie. I'm just intensely listening to it. So I Well, that, that's, that's, what, that's the way I feel. And, and, I mean, I thank you for having me on because it gives me a chance to, you know, release some more of these emotions that have been pent up for so long. Um, but that's – I, I guess you get the, the – the, the feeling like you're watching the video because that's what's in my head after I see him. I mean, after I saw him that first night, um, I wasn't expecting what happened to happen when I closed my eyes and went to bed. And like I said, it happened for three straight weeks and I could not make it stop. Um, but I got used to the point where for those three weeks, I would know before I went to bed, okay, it's going to probably happen again tonight. And I got to a point where I could actually pulse it and focus on one thing instead of just letting it play through and waiting for it to end and starting over again. I could pause it in my brain and, and, and look at it and see, okay, let me just stare at this one image of him holding on to the tree. Let me see if I find any mistakes. If there's something that I couldn't see that night that gives it away as 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 a person, as something, and I never could, and I, I can do it to this day. I can pull up that image and there's there's just I, I've been unable to disprove it for 40 years, and I've been trying because if I can prove it was something else, okay, then I was wrong, and it wasn't what I thought it was. But I can't. I, I keep coming back to the same answer, the same conclusion, and that even makes it um, more. I, I'm even every time I come back to the same conclusion, I'm even more confident. Uh, yeah, my initial impression was right. I, I mean, as soon as if you saw a kangaroo hop across your front yard, I mean, you wouldn't mistake it for anything else, you know? Right, exactly. I I yeah. hear you. Wow. Um, I'm kind of curious. Just when when he was shaking this tree, I liked how you described when he decided to let go, like his hands, his fingers just flared out. And you kind of described it as maybe he felt something hot. And I kind of was wondering what else could that possibly be. And I wonder if he pinched a finger, like if he's shaking this tree – you know, when it's starting to bend and maybe break a little bit, maybe he pinched his finger in the bark and he thought something bit him. And so I'm, you know, trying to go through those. Obviously, I wasn't there and didn't see, but the way you described it, it kind of made me kind of wonder about that a little bit. Just something to think. No, that that's a good point. Um, I haven't thought of that. Um, but if that happened, he did both hands exactly the same way. So maybe if that happened, then it pinched both hands. 
Um, and like I said, it, it looked like it was hot. I mean, like when, when if you hold on to something hot, if you grab like a hot frying pan, the first thing you do is open your fingers when you let go. Right. That's that's what he did, and that's why I thought, well, it looks like it's hot to him. And I've thought about it so much. I've had 40 years to think about it. I'm like, that may have just been his personality. Maybe he just said, okay, this guy ran away from where I wanted him not to be. My job here is done. And just like to heck with these guys, I'm going to let go of it like with a little bit of flair or fashion, you know? Right. Yeah. He, you know, he was doing it for a reason and maybe it was a message or maybe he was looking for something to eat. You know, who, who really knows? Um, at that, when you, you know, when you were facing away, and and then you decided to turn around. I mean, you know, that's that. I'm glad you did. Um, during any of this time, did you? I know later the next day you were talking about smelling something. Did you smell anything during that first night? No, uh, I was close enough to him where, my opinion, you think I would have smelled something if it was coming from him. I did not smell anything. Um, I did not even hear him walking. I didn't hear him come up behind me. I don't know which way, he, if he walked down the gravel road behind me and then grabbed a tree or if he came up from the woods where that uh, clearing was. Um, but I do feel like um, he was telling me to leave where I was. I don't think he was happy with me being that close to what I think he considered his territory on, on that side of the gravel road. Um, and I don't know how he saw me. Um, like I said, it was a full moon, but where I was hiding was basically right up against the tree underneath all the branches. And you're going to have – there was no moonlight on me at the time. Um, so I'm guessing, and this is a guess, that they can see very well in the dark um, if you're if most of the sightings that people say are, are at nighttime. So I'm sure they're accustomed to the dark. Um, but I don't know where he came from. I never heard him walking. When he let go of the tree, turned around, and walked across the gravel road, I did not hear one footstep. I could see him walking. You could see him put his feet down on the ground. There was no sound. I could not hear anything. And at this point, I'm a little bit further away, probably 30 to 40 feet, and he's walking away from us, so he gets further with every step. But you don't hear anything. Um, when he let go of the tree and walked out to the road, he had to make at least one or two steps turning around and there's leaves and sticks under his feet. I didn't hear anything. And maybe at that point I was in shock and I wasn't even paying attention to what I was hearing. You know, I don't know. But to to answer that question, other people have asked me that also. Um, I did not smell anything. Uh, at that point, I didn't hear anything other than the top of the tree hitting the other trees where he was shaking it. And the only smell that I smelled was back in those woods in that in that clearing and precisely nowhere else but in that clearing, and and, and I cannot explain why. I don't, I don't even think a scientist could explain why. But sure. sure, and yeah, well, it's fascinating. I'm just, gosh, just I mean, the way you described it so well with the dirt roads and where your houses are. I mean, I could almost draw a map right now. You described it so well, so I I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and I, I I actually did have uh, someone else wonder and present the question well maybe he didn't even know you were there and maybe he was shaking something out of the tree like you just mentioned maybe looking for food and that is another good possibility and but the only thing that i can not shoot that one down with but the only thing that i would have to argue against that statement would be he never looked up in the tree to see if 
let's say there was an animal up there he's trying to shake out of the tree. He never looked up in the tree to see if it was still there. He never looked on the ground to see if it had come out, and now he just, you know, he's obviously putting in a good deal of effort here if he's looking for food to shake something out of the tree. He never looked up for it. He never looked down for it. Once I moved from where I was, he let go of the tree and walked off. Sure. That kind of, yeah, that lends me to kind of think that, yeah, he was letting you know, hey, look, I, I, I can ring this tree all apart if I want to. Maybe you ought to think about going home. And, yeah, and you, know, you got work. It worked, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Was he making any vocal noises during this time? He was completely silent. Okay. And, and we're talking about a he. We're assuming that I guess. It, uh, I, I yeah, I, and I'm just talking about. Um, I could tell it was a male just from his chest. I mean, the the Patterson Gimlin film. You can see breasts on her. Um, this guy was built like a. Like I said, like Rambo and like Schwarzenegger, he had huge chest muscles. When he walked, his arm swing was so far behind him um, from the left side of him when he walked across the gravel road. I could see his chest muscles stick out when his arms swung behind him. Um, I knew it was a male just from his chest and his abs. He had a six-pack ab. Um, I couldn't see the definition of it, but it was, like I said, it went down to such a narrow waist, and his abs were so flat, and his chest was so big. He looked like almost like a bodybuilder. So I mean, I could easily tell it was a male, um, but but no sound, no smell, um, and he didn't waste any time to, to to accomplish what he was trying. What I think he was trying to accomplish. Like I said, once I left, and I think he chose the tree right behind me because he was unhappy with where I was. Um, and he could have easily walked up behind me and grabbed me. I had no idea he was there. Uh, so I'm, it scared me for so long, but I'm also thankful that he chose a, you know, uh, a nonviolent way to get me to leave. He could have done anything he wanted to, basically, because I had no idea he was there. Sure. And yeah, it almost kind of sounds like maybe he was there and then you went to go hide near his spot where he happened to be, maybe. Um, so. Yeah, that, that, that's a definite possibility also. Like I said, I never heard footsteps. Um, so, it, I mean, that's one of the scary things that scared me. It's almost like if you go swimming in the ocean, you know there's sharks and you know there's jellyfish and you know what's out there. But imagine the, the way it kind of hit me emotionally. Imagine if you jumped into a swimming pool and turned around and saw a great white shark behind you in a swimming pool. You'd be like, this isn't supposed to happen, you know, and, and you'd be getting out of that pool as fast as you could. Yeah, you'd be walking on water, no doubt about yeah, it. And, and like I said, I had no idea that even Bigfoots were on the East Coast. And then in North Carolina, right outside of a major city um, with the most people of any city in North Carolina, right now we have over a million people. Um, and it's just – and there was probably 50 to 100 houses on our street, and he's right at the end of our street. That's just – it's just – I don't know. I don't know how you would prepare your mind – to run into something like that, you know, it's just sure. crazy. Sure. And I also, you had mentioned um, that he looked wet, like he might have been wet. Is there water nearby where this happened? Yes. There there are several ponds. There was a small pond almost if you walk through the woods behind our house. Our house was about 11 houses up the street from where this happened. And, and where it happened was at the end of the street. Uh, but if you walk straight through the woods out in my backyard, 
in probably just five minutes. You'll be at a small pond that belongs, it's the property of someone else's house on the far side of that pond. But you'll have to, you'd have to leave my house, go out to the main road, go about a half a mile down the main road, turn into his private driveway. Because back then, this was such country and rural area that everyone had like a private road cut through the woods just to get to their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would be, that was his property. And once I found that pond, I was told, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was my parents, but you know, they told me, yeah, just that's his property. Stay off of it. And like I said, I was a good kid. So yeah. I went back once or twice to look at it cause I thought it was cool, but I used to, uh, I'm a small part native American, um, on my dad's side. So I would spend many nights in the woods at night my, by myself seeing if I could uh, just walk through the woods without making a sound myself. And, and I used to do it um, barefoot with shoes just to see what worked and what didn't work. And I got pretty good at it. Um, I used to walk through the woods uh, when at my friend Mike's house where we were playing hide and seek. Like I said, that was about 11 houses down from my house. And there's woods basically between every house and behind every house between my house and Mike's house. So you could walk from his house through the woods all the way behind every house and come out in my backyard if you wanted to. But whenever I was down that far away at the end of the street, I would come home by myself because everyone else lived at at that end of the street. And it would always scare me just being alone, walking down the street under the street lights with dark woods beside me, knowing that, okay, if something was in the woods or someone was in the woods, they could easily see me if they wanted to grab me because I'm by myself and I'm under every street light. So I used to walk home in the woods. It's pitch black. I don't care. I felt safer in the woods. Um, as far as I knew, the only thing I had to be afraid of was deer and squirrel and maybe the occasional raccoon. But as, as normally I would come home late at night from anywhere from, you know, nine to midnight. And most of those animals are asleep. So I didn't have to worry about anything. I felt safe in the woods. Um, and, but like I said, the, the white one that I saw, uh, that the one that was behind me that we've been talking about, that was my second encounter. The first one happened one night. If you want to hear about that on my way home through those woods to my house. And it's, it's kind of parallels what, what, what happened to you. Um, I could not see this one. Uh, but after 40 years of thinking about it and trying to find another explanation, of what it could have been. I, I'm convinced that it was another Bigfoot, even though I couldn't see him. Um, this one, th- this this was the opposite of a full moon. There was no moon this night. And I was tired of walking through the woods because I, I could not see individual trees. I couldn't see individual branches. Um, I was walking with my hands out in front of me so I wouldn't run into anything or poke my eye out by running into a low-hanging tree limb. And I got to probably about four houses below my house. I was going to walk all the way through the woods up to our backyard. But I got about four houses away from our house, and I got tired of just not being able to see anything. Um, And between two houses that I was behind, they had just cut a, a dirt path where they were going to put in a new driveway and put another house further back in the woods in between these two houses. So I, I, I realized where I was. I was at this dirt path that they cut through, uh, but it had no gravel on it at this point. It was just a, a tunnel through the woods where they were going to build a driveway and then eventually build another house. 
And if you look down at the end of this tree tunnel, probably 50 yards, you could see where the street was because there was a street light at that point um, where they cut this path through the woods. And you couldn't see the street light because of the trees, but you could see the asphalt that it was shining on down on the ground. So I knew where I was, and I said, okay, I'm going to walk down this dirt path and then onto the road because I can't see anything where I'm walking through the woods. So I get on this dirt path after a couple, maybe five or ten steps, I make it over there without running into anything. And I'm just, I was amazed how soft the dirt was. And because, like I said, I'm trying to walk without making any sound. And when I get to this dirt path, um, it's still not packed down. It's pretty soft. Your feet are sinking into it, and it's just dead quiet. I can't, I can't even hear myself walking, and I thought that was pretty cool. Because, well, you know, now I've accomplished what I'm trying to accomplish by walking without making any sound. And as soon as that thought ran through my head, I hear something over to my left. It sounds like about 20 feet over to my left. Digging or I just hear leaves rustling around. I thought my first impression was it sounded like a deer pawing through the leaves trying to find something to eat underneath the leaves. And I thought that was really strange that a deer would be awake at this late at night and, and it, it kind of spooked me and I'm like, yeah, that's all I can think of is a deer. And this was before the uh, white Sasquatch encounter. So at this point in my life, I have no idea there's anything else in the woods other than normal animals. Um, and so I'm like, okay, it sounds like a deer looking for something to eat. I take a couple of more steps and I'm starting to increase my speed without making it look like I'm walking faster because I don't really know what it is, um, but I want to get in front of it. It's kind of like at my 10 o'clock position, maybe my 11 o'clock position, it's kind of in front of me. I haven't passed it yet. So I take about four or five more steps, walking just a little bit faster. I'm still facing straight ahead where I can see the road further up ahead. And by the time I take five or six more steps and get up even with it, I don't realize it at the time, but I think at that point it saw me because the, before then it was just doing whatever it was doing. And I think once I got up even with it, it saw me. And at that point where I was even with the sound that I'm hearing, all hell broke loose over there. I mean, trees being pushed over, branches breaking, footsteps you can hear twigs leaves crunching under every footstep you can hear the trees hitting other trees on the way down then hitting the ground to the left and right of whatever is in the woods um the the branches that were breaking sounded like they were above my head height um so i mean whatever it was was breaking branches well above how tall i am and at this point i was probably five six to five nine so this was probably at least six and a half to seven feet up in the air um, and whatever it was, was knocking over trees. Um, and at this point, I was scared so bad I had to look. I, I couldn't just keep facing forward. I had to just turn to see what it was that was coming my way. And the only thing that I could see, like I said, you couldn't even make out individual trees. It was so pitch black. I mean, it's like being in a closet with the door shut. The only thing that I could see was a red ring of of... It looked like red LEDs, but LEDs haven't even been invented back then. Um, and I didn't know what it was, 
But like I said, just to be 100% honest, that was the only thing that I could visually see. And this red ring was black in the center and black on the outside of the ring, but it was bobbing and weaving, looking like it was ducking under branches and around trees as it was making its way towards me. And it, I didn't see it blink. I didn't see it get brighter. I didn't see it diminish. It was just a solid red ring. Um, I didn't, it didn't look like it was casting any red light out in front of it. It was just there. I don't, I, that's the only way I can describe it. But I looked at it long enough to see it duck under a couple of things and around a couple of things. And I could tell it was getting closer to me. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And there, there, that thought didn't even run through my brain. It was just instant fight or flight. And I took off running as fast as I could run because I had no idea what it was. It sounded like an elephant coming at me. Um, I made it to the end of the road where, where the dirt path came out onto the asphalt. And I, had, as soon as I, my feet hit the asphalt, I'd plan on running the rest of the way all the way home as fast as I could. But at this point, I was so freaking scared. I, I didn't want to deal with that fear any longer. So I figured I could stop and turn around and figure out what it was. And, and even if it killed me, I, I, I thought it would be better than, than being afraid. So I stopped, I turned around, and I'm still breathing really hard, and I look down back inside the woods where I just came out of, and there's nothing, no sound, no nothing. I don't see a red ring anymore, and so I immediately turned right back around, and I jogged home. I'm like, I don't care what it was. I'm not gonna, I don't want to hang around. If something can knock over trees and make that much noise, I don't you – know, who cares what it is? I, I want away from it. So – I, again, I think I walked in, said, I'm going to bed, went to bed, and I forgot about that one. I suppressed that as, as much as I could because I didn't know what it was. I mean, to me, the only – if you had asked me then what it was, I would have said, it's a monster from your nightmare. That's the only thing that, that, that I knew to relate it to because I had no context to put it in. I mean, these are the things that are supposed to be in your closet or under your bed when you go to bed. Not in the woods. Like I said, I I felt perfectly safe in the woods until this happened, and this was this was about six months to a year before the white one came up behind me and shaking the tree. Um, so I don't think it was the same one. Um, this one was way more aggressive than than the white one. Uh, I do think it was a Bigfoot, um, and the only reason I say that just how high off the ground the noises were. Um, where the branches were breaking, I could hear the footsteps. There were two of them, and I could hear what he was stepping on breaking. Um, and I and it probably wasn't until the last ten years or so that I even learned that Bigfoots. Some people report seeing eye shine, and once I heard that from someone else, I was like, that memory came back to me of what I encountered that night, and I was like, no way. There, there was two encounters that I had instead of just the white one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Gosh, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, that, that That's the kind of fear, especially since I haven't talked about it for so long, that I've been sitting on. And I'm like, it feels, honestly, again, thank you for having me on. It feels so good just to, even though I've talked about both of these incidents, you know, maybe four or five times now, not a whole lot. I'm still dealing with it. But, uh, I, I, just even telling you this, it, it, it feels good just to get it out, you know? Yeah, and like I keep saying, I'm so appreciative. I love listening to this, and yeah, if I can 
I mean, it, it, it helps me with what I went through too. You know, I'm looking for a lot of those gaps. And I mean, I think you're filling in some of these gaps, even for me. Uh, when it came to this ring, as you're describing, you know, you only, it's just a single thing that you're looking at. How far away do you think it was when you were like, wow, this red ring, here it is. I mean, did it look like, like a silver dollar type size from where your vantage point was? Um, what size do you think it might have been? When I looked, I looked just my eye level because, I mean, that's a normal habit that if you turn to look, you, you, you don't normally look, you know, sky high or down at the ground. You just look at your eye level. I turned to look at my eye level because there were noises. I heard trees hitting the ground on the ground, and I heard branches breaking above my head. I, I was able to distinguish both of those sounds, so I just looked at eye level. And this red ring was a good guess would be about a foot and a half above my eye level, but it was constantly moving. And it, like I said, it looked like it was ducking under stuff and bobbing and weaving around stuff to get to me. And it was, I mean, I could easily tell that it was coming my way in a straight line. It did not care what was in its way. I mean, like, that's why I figured, well, the, the, what I can see this ring is doing coming closer to me matches the sound I'm hearing as whatever this thing is, it's making a beeline for me. Cause I think that I surprised it. I mean, how many people have ever said they snuck up on a, on a Sasquatch and the Sasquatch didn't know they were there? I think cause you could, like I said, I couldn't even hear my footsteps at this point walking on this dirt path. I don't think it knew I was there until I came up beside it where it could see me. Um, and maybe it just happened to look up and saw me and just, just like I've heard um, people that study gorillas or silverback gorillas, one thing you do not want to do is surprise them because they will charge. Um, and that's what I felt this thing did at the time. I didn't know that's what was happening. Um, but I knew something was knocking over trees and something with a red ring was coming at me. And like I said, I did not want to wait around to figure it out. I I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't want to play, you know. Right. And some people hear that, you know, they might think, well, what's one of these orbs that we've often heard about that are sometimes seen around a Bigfoot area? You know, you're describing a ring, you know, which is a little bit different, which which is fine. But what I what I'm hearing also is you're describing this thing coming towards you, but you're seeing it dodging and weaving, you know, and going under and maybe over branches, who knows, around branches. So, you know, that lends me to think, yeah, this is a physical thing it's not just a ball of energy i guess if you will and yeah it, it it was in the same specific area that all the sound was coming from so i associated with whatever was making the sound was this was attached to it and of course i have no way to verify that um uh i have seen and i would classify this as a uh not a bigfoot sighting but i have seen an orange orb before um which if 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 i go into details about that uh you would have to throw that into the ufo category i mean then the only reason i would say that is because it was in the air and it was unidentified i don't know what it was but other than just a orange ball of light you know but this this red ring that i could see coming at me um i uh, the, the, I'm, I'm thinking how I felt at that exact moment. I did not think that it was something other than what was making the sound is the best way I can describe it. Whatever was knocking over these trees, 
this red ring was part of it and it was coming my way and I could see it getting closer in a hurry. And that's why I just immediately took off running. I didn't even take one more step. I was gone. Sure. And as it was coming towards you, did, did it seem like it was getting bigger just because it's getting closer to you? Um, that's a good question. And, and honestly, it didn't look like it was getting bigger, but it looked like it was I could see it easier. Maybe it was getting clearer, you know, the closer it got. Sure. And, and to answer one of your previous questions, um, it looked like probably the size somewhere between a quarter and a silver dollar. Um, you know, I mean, but being 20 or 30 feet away, if it's big enough where I can see a ring around it that still looks like a quarter with a black center and a black outside, it, it's probably bigger than what I'm telling you it, what it looked like. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm if I'm going to, you know, unless I have 100% proof and I'm going to give you an estimate, I'm going to be cautious with that estimate and say it looked somewhere around a quarter, half dollar, maybe silver dollar. Um, I didn't notice it getting noticeably larger, but I could tell it was getting closer. And that was the final straw where I said, okay, I'm out. Sure. No, yeah. It. Uh, gosh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you're describing an eyeball to me, you know, that can have reflective quality. And, uh, you know, maybe it is it was a Sasquatch. Obviously, something's making all this noise, tearing these trees apart. Maybe it Maybe it had one eye. I mean, that's certainly a possibility, right? Yeah, and that 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 is a great point because, like I said, I had no idea what it was for decades until other people on TV shows and, like I said, podcasts start talking about them, and I hear their stories, and people say they've seen ones with eye shine. I'm like, maybe that's what I saw. Maybe it wasn't. And then I think one time after who knows how long of watching those TV shows and listening to those um, interviews – Someone actually said, yeah, they actually saw one with an injured eye, and it only had one good eye. And when I heard that, I about fell out of my chair. I was like, that would perfectly describe in every detail what I heard, what I saw, and walking on two feet. Now, can I prove it was a Bigfoot? No, there's no way I'll ever be able to, but nothing else that I can think of and nothing else that anyone else has presented to me would describe it other than a Sasquatch with an injured eye or maybe one eye was closed, maybe one eye was behind a tree most of the time where I couldn't see it. And the only other thing I thought of recently, and I'm still trying to find an answer for this, is can they, if, if it was a Sasquatch and what I saw was eye shine, can they control that eye shine? Can they turn it on and off? And if they can turn it on and off, can they make one eye do it and one eye not do it? I don't know. That's, you know, that's a possibility. And it is just because, you know, there is no 100%. I mean, there's no body that's been through an autopsy type of thing. So yep. I discount anything. I mean, I believe people when they're telling me their story and they're willing to spend some time like you did today to go through it. And your recall of details is fascinating. And that means it was genuine to me. So I appreciate it so much. And, uh, you know, taking the time out of your day to go through this with me, I could listen to you for hours. And I <laughs> we go back and forth for hours, even just with other subjects, too. And that's what my, this podcast is about, Bigfoot, but also, you know, other things like you like to do, anything outdoors. So I certainly appreciate it today. Is there anything else you want to kind of wrap up with or talk to me about or, or mention? No, I just want to say, again, thank you for uh, letting me get this even more out of my system and, and into a willing ear. 
Um, your encounter, I, I've learned some things that I haven't thought about, and, and the questions that you presented to me. I, I love stuff like that because I'm still trying to prove what this was. Uh, it, like I said, I may find out tomorrow that, yes, I was right for the past 40 years. It is exactly what I said it was. Or I may find out tomorrow, you know what, we just found some new evidence that it may be something else. I mean, there's all kind of reports of, of people seeing um, dogmen and strange things, and I hope none of that stuff is real. I mean, just knowing that a Bigfoot is real in the woods is scary enough for me. So, uh, But I'm still trying to prove what it was or what it wasn't. And even though I know what I saw and, and it fits every classification and every check mark that you can check off of Sasquatch um, behavior and appearance, um, like I said, I know what it was, but it's. I think it's a healthy way to approach it is if you can find out maybe, you know, not exactly what it wasn't, but just keep looking at other possibilities. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's what's wonderful about the big, great outdoors. We we don't even know anything really what's out there except for just maybe a handful of information. And uh, it takes people like you and people out there with a backpack on or a bike and getting out that are, you know, telling these things and, and coming forward. And, and certainly don't think of yourself as the oddball because people that don't get out, in my opinion, and explore so many things, that's, that's the person I feel bad for. So I'm always trying to encourage people to get outside and explore their, their surroundings in the outdoors, get away from the phone and the streetlights for a while. You'd be amazed what you'll come across and who you'll meet. It's the, it's the, it's a fantastic world. And Jeff, you're, you're part of it. You know, you're one of the lucky ones, I think. And um, I greatly appreciate your time today. And uh, let's do it again. Maybe we can talk about some of these other things that you like to go do. I am working on uh, what I'm calling my little 50 states project. And I'm just going state by state every month. And I'm going to highlight some of the fun backpacking trails, some of the nice hikes, mountain climbs, rivers to kayak, that sort of thing. And Bigfoot sightings and hoaxes, of course. And uh, so I'm definitely going to put North Carolina at the top of the list. And, Jeff, if you want, I'd be happy to keep in contact every now and again and maybe have you back on and let you brag about your state a little bit. And uh, we can kind of take it from there and, and uh, you know, learn some more stories. What do you think? No, that, that sounds great. And all i got to say is if you're ever on the East Coast or especially in North Carolina, please contact me. Get in touch. And maybe we'll have time to uh, get out in the woods together, you know. Oh, I would welcome that. Absolutely. I actually spent some time about a year in Virginia, and that was the first time I'd ever really spent any time on the East Coast, and I was just fascinated by the trees. I mean, Montana, there's trees all over, but not quite like that. It's just a different environment, so I would love to get back out there. I'll definitely hold on to your information, and uh, yeah, let's keep up. If something else happens, reach out to me, and we'll have you back on so we can hear your story. I would I would love to do some more with you, certainly. Uh I will definitely do that, and thank you again, Dan. You bet. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the time. Well, there you have it, folks. That's uh, Jeff in North Carolina giving us some some backstories of some fantastic personal experience with some Bigfoot encounter. And uh, I tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful phenomenon. So if you've had a sighting or an encounter of any kind, please reach out to me. My email is dan at bigfootbackpacker.net. I'll be happy to talk with you a little bit, and if you want to come on the show, let me know, and we'll have a little little discussion. 
and uh, kind of hear what you have to say. So there we have it. Again, thanks, Jeff. We will talk to you next time. Have a good day. Bye-bye.